The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your hosts, Ray Austin and J.D. Harris, are getting the discussion together, so it's sure to be an exciting hour of fun and talk. We want to hear from you, too, so get ready to speak your mind. We don't judge here. Now your hosts of The Man Cave, J.D. Harris and Ray Austin. What's crack lacking people? We are back. Uh, I have my boy, Mo P. Maurice Perry, up in the house again. What's going on, Mo P.? Man, nothing much, man. Just uh, glad to be back on with you. Yeah. Now, how's everything going on uh, with Memphis? What y'all do this past week? Uh, Just trying to keep the kids busy, man. You know, uh, it's summertime. You know, Zurio's out of school. So just trying to keep them busy. You know, they're constantly asking for things to do. So trying to be creative with it. So for for y'all out there, Maurice has three girls. I don't know what he did in his life when he was younger, but it's coming Man, back. <laughs> it is payback, you know, like I, like I said, you know, my mom, you know, I have two younger brothers, two twin brothers. So, you know, my parents had three, three boys. So it's like a cruel joke in a way, you yeah. know, turning it around and giving me uh, three girls. But, you know, they're a blessing. Yep. Beautiful girls. Hey, now, speaking of beautiful girls. We got to go into the uh, to the girl's father. We gonna go ahead and talk about the NBA Finals last night, man. Did you watch the game? I most definitely did. Most definitely did, and it it turned out just like I thought it would turn out. And and how I mean, in terms of what part of it, who would win, or the process, how closeness the how close the game was, which part of it. Well, you know, going in before the series started, I had said that Golden State would win in five. Um, it went a it went six, of course, but I just felt like you know Cleveland just didn't have enough. You know, with Kevin Love going out in the first series and Kyrie getting hurt the first game of this final, and you know, with the lack of bench, and that's that's a another topic that we can discuss. I, I don't think it was a matter of a lack of bench. The bench they just didn't use it. But uh, they just didn't have enough. They didn't have enough to compete with a very deep Golden State team. And uh, like I said, you know, last week at the end of that game three when they experimented with going small and they threw uh, David Lee in there, you know, it just changed the entire dynamic of of the game. Yeah, they lost that game, but you can see what happened uh, the next three. So I think that was the major difference, and I don't think – you know, it was a combination of, you know, Cleveland not having enough and also just LeBron running out of gas. And I think that's what we saw last night. Yeah, I think uh, me personally, I wanted Golden State to win. I thought it would go to six games. Um, I felt that I, I actually expected a little bit more out of Clay Thomas. Uh, Thompson uh, towards, you know, the last couple games, even though the one game he started off real, real hot. Um, I felt like Cleveland, to me, 
they had I, I would have to say I felt like they had some good people on the bench. You know, you still had Sean Marion, different people that could have contributed. And uh I just felt and I felt like Mozgov, that dude is a baller, man. I mean either yeah. either they look bad their big men for um Golden State were just horrible or he was a beast. And I'm gonna I'm gonna fall on the lines that he was a little beast. And then Andre Ugladala. Well, oh, go ahead. No, I mean, he, he was definitely a beast, but you got to realize, I mean, Gold State, you know, made the decision to go small. And, you know, at the same time, kudos to Andrew Bogut, you know, who basically accepted the role of, of riding the pine for the betterment of the team. You know, that, that's the overlook. You know, Andre Ugladala won the MVP, which I think was rightfully deserved. Um, there, there's debate over that whether it should have been Steph. I mean, I, I don't think he got any votes for uh, MVP. But man, you know, you have to kind of give it up to Andrew Bogut for not pouting and not, you know, raising a voice in terms of you know not getting any playing time these last couple of games. So I think that was a big key as well. But you know, in terms of Mozgov, I mean, you got to realize, you know, he was posting up Iguodala. I mean, that's a big size difference. So, of course, he was beasting down there. But, you know, when you look at what he does with guys, you know, you know, with similar size and agility, I mean, he's basically pedestrian. So, um, I, you know, he, he played well, definitely. But um, it, it just wasn't enough as a team. And see, I felt like that the issue, I felt like the very thing that they did by putting Iguodala down low could have been a thing that, hurt them especially when they were getting cold you know times where they weren't hot it was scary you know i'm like man you gotta get some you gotta attack the paint you gotta get mosque off and foul trouble uh at sometimes you could see the physicality the physical difference between the two teams but iguodala is just a dude that he's an all-around player i mean to me he's like a younger sean marion um in a sense of what he, he's able to do. And, I mean... Well, they, you know, they basically forced Cleveland's hand. You know, like I said at the end of uh, <clears throat> game three, you know, they're going to put Cleveland in a predicament where they're going to make a... Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Mozgov make a decision, you know, especially on pick and roll. And, and that's what they were, uh, you know, getting him <laughs> in is uh, pick and roll. Yep. But, um you know, that, that was the main issue. It's just, you know, they didn't have the matchups. And also, Cleveland just didn't have any point guard to take a lot of pressure off LeBron. And that was the biggest biggest deal. Yeah. I, now, I had I kind of watched it and thought about what is – see, the girls are taking over. You got your own Riley. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's what I was telling you. Uh, I, I got my, my Riley here, so she's going to be making noise in the background. Yeah, I think that um, the big thing is going to be what happens to David Platt. Does he, st- he does he remain after the season, or does you know what happens? Because you know, so something is going to have to change in Cleveland. Well, you know, again, I <clears throat> I don't think you know we should jump the gun and say that you know there needs to be an overhaul. And and you know, people are you know talking about David Platt. May may be fired after this. You gotta realize, man. Look, it doesn't matter if you had Phil Jackson there, Popovich. If two of your top three guys go down with injuries, there's not much you can do. 
you know, granted, he made some rookie coach mistakes, you know, play calling and situational uh, instances. But, I mean, you got to realize, man, like, he, he was, you got to play with the hand that you're dealt, and they just didn't have the pieces to compete. You know, so I, I don't think you can penalize, you know, David Blatt for that. I, you know, first-year coach, you know, 50, what is it, 53 wins? I mean, come on. Any, any first-year coach would want that. I think that, though, there were issues before this championship series going back to the uh, situation where Teron Lou had to uh, make him aware. And it, you just hear some grumblings in the background uh, during the regular season. So it'll be interesting, uh, especially with LeBron, uh, proving on and off the court that he's becoming more and more shrewder. He's not a killer like uh, Kobe and everyone else. And that's another thing, you know, all the comparisons. Uh, I felt like, you know, LeBron James, single-handedly, he said it. I could not disagree with him. He is the best basketball player right now on the planet. I mean, he yeah. carried that team on his shoulders. And I felt like, I felt like it was a coaching decision where they could have got some other people that could have given them some sparks, some defensive sparks, uh, and they just didn't take advantage of it. Yeah, you know, I would have loved to have seen Sean Marion uh, definitely get some playing time and uh, also Mike Miller. But also, you know, get get Kendrick Perkins in there. Yeah, he's slow, and but he's a big body. He can lay some wood. But, I mean – it, 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 Golden State's whole objective was to go small and go fast. To yeah. counter that, go big and go strong. And I don't think, you know, that's the one criticism that I believe you could have with David Black, especially if, you know, J.R. Smith and Shumpert and Della Vadova are just struggling from the perimeter. Well, let's, let's look to pound it inside and get to the free throw line and get these guys in foul trouble. And I don't think they really exploited that like they should have. Yeah, and I felt, yeah, because I felt like, yeah, they're trying to go fast. Let's go big and let's go ahead and get them in some foul trouble. I mean, let's let them shoot the three-point game. You know, let them go right. out there and <clears throat> let's deal with the percentages. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and defend, uh, but on the offensive end, we're going to pound the ball in, we're going to get in the paint, and we're going to let LeBron be our point guard because even with LeBron as a point guard, he's bigger and faster than anybody in the league. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, and but let, I, I, go ahead. I think with, I think with that, I, I think that's, you know, part, part of the problem also because you got to realize, I mean, and LeBron pretty much said it himself, you know, he didn't want to dominate the ball like he was dominating the ball. He was like, you know, talking about the amount of assists that he had. He really didn't want that because it means that he's he has the ball in his possession too long. So I think, you know, they really, you know, Della Dova came back to earth, number one. I mean, mm -hmm. that's that's the biggest thing. And <clears throat> we, we all know, I mean, if you're a basketball fan, you know that Delhi. Yeah, he's out there, he's scrappy, he plays defense, but he's mediocre at best. You like fringe, I mean, maybe D-League, but in terms of like sustaining a career, I was telling uh, some people on Facebook uh, the other day, he'll be out of the league in two years, you know, because he's, he just doesn't have the skill set necessary to stay in the league. You know, he's not a sharp shooter. 
He's not, you know, quick. He doesn't have extremely tight handles. So I don't see him staying in the league more than more than two years. Mm. So you don't think he could develop that being on the NBA, at the NBA level? No, no. You're, you're, see, the thing about the league, man, you got to realize, and, and, you know, everybody in the league is, is athletic for the most part, you know, except for your, your big guys. But, every, you know, just about everybody has athleticism. But the thing is the skill set. And to me, he just doesn't, you know, have the skill set necessary to sustain a long career in the league. He's not like a Steve Kerr, who was a sharpshooter. He, he's not like a Tim Legler, who, who, who was a sharpshooter. They could run the point. They could handle, but they could shoot that ball with regularity. Della Dova isn't that. And, and if you take a look at it, some, some of the shot selections, they were absolutely horrendous. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that, that's what I'm saying. You know, when this contract is up or whatever, you know, he'll be out of the league in two years. Well, speaking about being out of here, we're going to take a quick break and get back into some more uh, basketball talk and football talk. So uh, tune back into the cave. It's been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv. Just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support. You. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. 
So uh, during a break, we started talking about it a little bit. And uh, before a break, we we're talking about LeBron. And we've spoke on this the last uh, show about the matter of the size of the hateration on the guy. The guy played his tail off. I mean, he was Superman. And guess what? Superman sometimes gets stopped. Kryptonite is sometimes there. And in this case, I like to believe that Kryptonite was he just didn't have the other people with him. <laughs> uh, and he, the humanity in him st- stood out of you're playing 46 minutes a game, averaging that. Uh, that says a lot. So, you know, we're hearing everybody compare, and we talked about this last week. He is not Magic Johnson. He is not Michael Jordan. But what he is is a superior athlete that we've never seen at the in the NBA before. And I, I just think that so – because of that, I mean, what I mean, do you want to carry on a little bit about that, Reese? What's, how do you summarize them or surmise them uh, after this series? Well, I think, you know, after game five, I mean, he pretty much stated the obvious and, you know, what all the media has been saying that he's the greatest player in the world. And I, I can't. You know, negate that. I, you know, part of me is like, well, dude, you really don't have to say that. We know that. But he's just, uh, you know, realizing and, you know, it lets us know that he realizes the, the, the amount of pressure that is on his shoulders at all times because we always hold him up to a higher standard. Yeah, I, I think that what you call that. Some t- in this situation, I felt like it was imperative for him to kind of make a statement. I mean, because I felt like so long LeBron has kind of been like how they accused Donovan McNabb or, or things like that. He's just kind of taking stuff and taking stuff and taking stuff and really hasn't, you know, defended himself or stepped, you know, just put people in their place. Um, I had no problem with him making the statement. I'll. And I mean, and I felt like he tried to, he backed up his statement. Um, and sometimes it's like, state the obvious. You don't think, I mean, Jordan may not have did that at a press conference directly, but, you know, Jordan did do some of that. Uh, but getting on to that, moving with that whole thing, I don't know. I, I know you didn't see it, but LeBron <laughs> went out on Facebook or Twitter or one of the social media sites, which we have a lot of social media stuff we're going to talk about today. But uh, he goes out on there, and you said you did not see the video, correct? No, I haven't seen, so, I haven't seen it yet. So LeBron goes on and it's this morning, and he says, basically, he's making the LeBron face, which naturally looks like a stank face anyway sometimes. <laughs> but he's making this stank face laying down on the couch. And he was like, to all the people that's hating and stuff, guess what? I got two NBA fine, or two NBA titles. I have two uh, MVPs. And basically, how does that SHIT smell to you? <laughs> it sounds like he had that queued up just in case he did, he did lose. I wonder if uh, it probably wouldn't have ran if they would have won. But uh, he had it queued up for, for the haters. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think he's definitely listening to the voices now. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's why he made a statement. And then even doing this thing with the video, I think is I think he's had enough. And 
I think that also will be the the difference between he and a Jordan. Where if you said stuff to Michael Jordan, it was fuel. For LeBron, I think he is ultimately concerned about public opinion. Yeah. You know, one thing, I mean, my opinion on it is, you know, really he he doesn't have to even stoop down to respond to all the memes. I mean, the memes have been crazy. The memes have been crazy the last 24 hours. But, I, you know, he doesn't have to respond to it. I mean, me, you know, like I said, I'm a Bulls fan. I could care less if the, if the Cavs win or lose, you know, because they're in the same division. But that doesn't mean I hate LeBron at all. I'm just uh, a Bulls supporter. I'm not a Cleveland supporter. But that being said, this dude is the greatest in the world as of right now. You know, so I don't think he really even had to, you know, respond to – any of the criticism, any of the haters, you know, new news, you know, the, the news pundits who are going to raise the question of, well, how can this dude be the greatest? And he's only won two out of uh, six, you know, titles when he's reached the finals. I mean, again, like like I was telling you during the break, you know, basketball is a team game. Yeah, he's the greatest player in the world, but the greatest player in the world needs Robins, you know, those those sidekicks that uh you know that he can depend on you know Batman couldn't do it all himself yeah and he you know? was the closest thing to a one man team in a series that has ever been in an NBA I mean yeah. you could say well you could go back and say like uh or um Wilt Chamberlain and things like that but also Wilt Chamberlain didn't have the level of competition around him at that time you know what I mean uh mm-hmm. Where you got guys that that are we well Chamberlain's height that could do like a LeBron that could play like a guard, uh, so you know in comparison that will probably be the only other person that could have carried you know a whole team. Um, I just think that with the public perception with the social media and stuff today is a lot different um, than you know when we were growing up. Imagine. Michael Jordan having to deal with what LeBron has to deal with. I mean, imagine everyone you know has a cell phone, like now, and they have access to, you know, feed into TV shows and stuff like that. So he is probably the first true full-time, full-follow. He and Tebow were the first two athletes to really be tracked since – their early stages in high school. And I, I totally agree with that. And you just, I mean, that's, that's a great point because, you know, we live in the area of, era of uh, social media and everybody is, is a critic. You know, it's not just left to the guys that we see on ESPN or whatever on Monday mornings or, you know, the weekend sports reporters or whatever, but now everybody wants to be a critic. You know, some qualified and some, uh, and a lot not qualified to make make an opinion on, uh, you know, basketball related or sports related topics in general, uh, whether it be Tebow or or LeBron. Um, but you know, yeah, it's definitely a pressure that George didn't have to go, you know, go through. Uh, Magic, you know, Bird, Isaiah, you know, all the greats uh, in the in the last few decades, they didn't have to go through. The, the the pressure the the uh, 
e- extreme critiquing and 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 uh, just utter hatred that you know we we can see on uh, social media today. So, yeah, and it's instantaneous. Uh, that's the other thing. It's like soon as something happens, it's like it's twenty four hours nonstop. So yep. you can't even sleep to defend yourself. You know what I mean? Where at least back in the day, you know, once it was Friday, stuff kind of went dead after a certain time and nothing was out there. Now people scroll on their phone and everything you do is just out there. And so speaking of that, I mean, we're going to change pace a little bit, uh, but still on the same topic of with social media. Did you see uh, your boy Dez Bryant? No, I didn't. What happened? Okay, so Dez goes on and he says, everybody voicing opinions, 13 million is cool, but where is my security? I'll wait five years without complaining, so how am I selfish? And so, like, Dez is going out there on Twitter and responding to the people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, you know what? I, th- I think in, in, in that type of situation, I mean, he does have a point, you know, so. I, I so you go sympathize with him because he's, I mean, I'm playing advocate here, uh, 13 million for for a season. 13 million. That's a, that's a, that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's a lot of money. But, you know, I can't hate on anybody trying to, you know, get as much money as they possibly can. Oh, absolutely. So if he, if, if that man, if that man feels that he's worth a certain dollar amount, who am I to tell him, no, you can't say that. Now, I can I can have my own opinion and I can say, no, you're not worth that. But, you know, he has a right to, you know, speak his mind and say what he feels he's worth. You know, even though I might I might not agree with that, but hey, Dez, I think that's, I think that's, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I was about to say, hey, Dez, you know what? I mean, go get your money, dog. But just know you are not going to get sympathy for people when you say uh, 13 million won't secure you. <laughs> just, <laughs> just just understand when you make a statement like that that hey. you're not going to get support from the general public. Hey, he was drawing from that Latrell Sprewell spirit. He got to feed you his know? kids. He had to feed his kids. You and, know? And, and, and then going into the social media stuff, too. Uh, did you see uh, this week or the past week the fighting, the rift between uh, Antonio Camardi and um, uh, Kevin Winslow? Uh, you know what? I didn't hear hear about that, but I heard about some back and forth between who was it, Cromarty and uh, somebody else, Richard Sherman. No, it wasn't Sherman. It was it was another DB. Uh, I, I I can't remember. I can't remember. But um, that that happened like late last week, also. Yeah. Well, what so, happened? So uh, so uh, basically. On Cromartie's show, he basically uh, put one of his teammates on blast uh, who may possibly be getting cut. And Winslow was like, man, that's some foul stuff. So he went on Twitter and basically uh, Winslow or uh, Cromartie said something, you know, you just wish you had the career your daddy had. And then (laughs) Winslow basically said, you just better learn all your kids' names. (laughs) (laughs) 
Man, hey, you know what? Twitter, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, it can be good. It can be you. I mean, it's a great tool to use, but some people need to let it go. Some people just need to, you know, cancel their little subscription or whatever and, and just stop getting on it. And see, these fools talking about fighting. Uh, our, our Winslow said, hey, let's do a steel cage match. I would love to beat you up. Man, it's nonsense, man. Nonsense. Hey, the thing is, I think Winslow would put his hands on him. <laughs> I think, bigger dude. <laughs> well, bigger don't always mean better. Well, bigger small dude. I'm just saying, I think he has all the right ingredients. Oh, they also uh, went in. Uh, he also went in about Winslow and the synthetic weed. But on that note, uh, we gonna go ahead and take a break. No smoke breaks here, but we'll be back in a bit. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you ready to talk sports with a passion? Get ready for Cheap Shots with Luther Broughton and Micah Warren. We'll start off with the NFL pretty much always, but the talk moves along from there. We'll talk about the events of the week, opinions from the big names, and predictions of what's to come. Plus, we'll get to hear from you, the ultimate fan. Don't let the name of the show fool you. We're in it for the good stuff. Cheap Shots can be heard live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. We are broadcasting from the Phoenix studios at VoiceAmerica.com. Variety Channel, Going Global with Gas Man is the show that you are listening to. And joining me today is Sean Morley from the WWE, otherwise known as Val Venus, the big Val Boski. Hello, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> And he's also got a third identification as well. He Absolutely. is Captain Cannabis. Live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the VoiceAmerica.com Variety Channel. Going global with gas. Man. How the hell do they know that I got gas? The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So um, one of the things, we're, we're talking about social media, but one of the things I wanted to go back and a note I wanted to bring up was Mark Jackson. Um, I just liked how he handled it, and you know, and they tried. They they threw threw him a pitch, threw him a, a nice a nice uh, fat or slow pitch, and he didn't take it. Uh, he took the he did it just like a consummate professional would. He said, "Hey, it's about these players," and I mean, I've always thought he was a class dude, but he just took it to another level last night. Did you uh, peep that out last night? Yeah, totally. I mean, it was total professionalism. Um, you know, everybody in the basketball world and everybody that pays attention to 
you know, the NBA and, you know, follow Golden State knows that really, you know, he, he's responsible for laying the foundation for this team. You know, it's basically the same team, you know, and the thing is, I, I kind of disagree with people that say, well, you know, he got he got them to this point, you know, but it took Steve Kerr to come in to take him to that next level. I disagree with that. You got to realize, man, Mark Jackson is one of the most brilliant basketball minds in the NBA. So you can't tell me that, you know, they wouldn't have made those natural progressions to get to the to, to the finals also. So I definitely, a pro, you know, professionalism personified, you know, I, I congratulate him just as much as I congratulate Steve Kerr, even though his name will go on the on the record books. But uh, and, and everybody, you know, each of those players know how much Mark Jackson meant to them. You know, not only basketball wise, but, you know, stuff off the court, you know, meeting at his house, you know, Bible study and going to church and just, you know, teaching these guys how to be men and how to be men of God at the same time. So um, nothing but love and respect for Mark Jackson. And he needs a job. I, I, I was hoping that the Bulls would forego this whole Fred Hoiberg thing, and no disrespect to Fred Hoiberg, I think he'll do a good job. But man, I wanted Mark Jackson in Chicago desperately. Oh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. I mean, and and going back to it, you look the only losing season after he kind of really took over was the lockout season, and you know, yeah. But you can see to your point, you can see the natural progression of the team, of the players, and stuff like that. And you can see mm-hmm. the character. Uh, the one thing I liked about this team, it was hard not to like them. You know, you, Dramon uh, Green, everybody, you, you saw a selfless team. Like, you, you know, you can even see Steph Curry's reaction when uh, Andre got MVP. You know, it was the only person that seemed like they could have been and they weren't was Clay. You know, and I think he was just more. Kind of sad that you know I, I fouled out, you know. Well, but, he, you know he played a terrible game. Yeah, he, he played a terrible game six. You know he was basically non-existent. Five you points know, was I, it? Well, he, uh, seven points. I think what he fouled out. Yep. You know, two for seven from the field, I believe. You know, so uh, well, was it five points? Yeah, it may have been five. I points. think it was two five for seven points. from the field. Yeah. So, I mean, he was non-existent. I mean, it's kind of like you, you kind of feel for him because it's, it's, it's kind of like uh, Walter Payton in Super Bowl Twenty, where, you know, he didn't punch it into the end zone. And, you know, it, it was a little bit sad. But, I mean, you know, he won a title. Yeah. At the end of the day, you won a title. The, the, your, your amount of work that you put in during the regular season and in the playoffs, I mean, it, it, it all led to this this moment. So, you know, there's no need to – Feel down, you know. I'm pretty sure he's old, he's over it right now. But yeah, man, these these guys, you know, really they they took the persona of Mark Jackson. They did, uh, you know, without a question. And now the person that needs to take his persona is uh, my boy. Get that money, make that money, Johnny Football. Uh, he, 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 he's made the world known that he will no longer do the money sign. Uh, 
I don't know if that was something that needed to be announced. <laughs> I guess it's it's slow yeah. now, but uh, you know, going back to Cleveland, I mean, maybe he and LeBron will sit there and talk, and you know, he'll have some time for that. But you know, with football coming around, it, it, this is the time of the year. It's like okay, uh, with the different sports, we go, you know you kind of almost reach for news for a month or so. Uh, but one of the things we want uh, that brought up going back to the social media stuff is uh, the, the, I know it's went viral, but the brother uh, after the Blackhawks game and they, did you see that interview? No, you know what? I saw it on Facebook, man. I, was, I, I had saved it because I was doing something else. And I saved it to look at it uh, uh, another time, but I didn't get a chance to see it. But, so, uh, I, I saw a lot so of basically, look. it's going to go into the point that we're going to uh, talk about next. But he goes out and he says, <laughs> they ask him, you know, what do you think about, you know, the Blackhawks, basically. He was like, listen, they have turned black people into hockey fans. Need I say, need I say more? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm summarizing, but basically that's what he said. And he dropped the mic and exit stage left. Yeah. So I mean, you know what? <laughs> it's it's the truth. You know, it, it's definitely the truth. And you know, I, I I can't speak to how you know the situation is outside of Chicago and other hockey cities, but I know for a fact that. Within the city of Chicago, of course, I live in Tennessee, but I follow, you know, virtually all all Chicago sports, you know, and I'm an avid Blackhawks fan. Um, and of course, I'm black. But, uh, you know, like I was telling you over uh, during the break uh, last week, I read an article that was in the Chicago uh, Tribune and it was talking about the increase of, you know, the amount of uh, black fans of, of the Blackhawks. And I thought it was, you know, kind of fascinating because the thing is, you know, there there were, you know, you know, some black folks that were fans going all the way back to the 60s, but they were closet fans and they weren't out wearing Blackhawks gear because it's like, yo, you know what you're doing? That's a white sport, you know, well, <laughs> what and, are you doing? and if you do the history of it, it really isn't. It goes back. It's one of the greatest hockey teams ever was made up of former st- slaves in Canada. Uh, I don't know if you ever read the book, the $40 million slave, but no, I oh, you need to read that. It's a section that goes on in Canada about like these guys were so dominant that they tried to keep them away from everywhere uh, because of this group of former slaves. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, man, it's like, like I was saying, you know, during break, you know, every year there's like one or two new uh, black faces, uh, black athletes in hockey. So the 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 popularity of the sport, of course, it's probably last in terms of the major sports. Well, it is last, but you see, you know, you know, more black hockey players trickling into the league, and they're not just trickling in; they're impact players. They're dominant players at their respective positions. You know, like Popeye Jones' son, he plays for Nashville. Uh, Seth Jones. Uh, so, I mean, you, you have some, some great black players and, you know, fortunately for, you know, people in Chicago, since 
you know, the Blackhawks are now what I consider a dynasty since they won three out of six, you know, three, three titles in the last six years. The popularity has, has blown up to the point where, man, young black kids on the south side and the west side of Chicago are rocking Blackhawks gear. You know, not because it's cool and it's, a, it's some fad or anything, but the Blackhawks are winners. And, you know, what, what happens when a team wins, they get support. You go back with this team, you go back 10, uh, 15 years ago, they could barely pack the United Center. Now it's standing room only every night. And throughout the crowd, you know, of 22,000, you might have 500 to 700, you know, black folks scattered around. So it, the popularity of the sport is growing in the black community. Um, and it, it, in Chicago, you know, it's it's growing because they're winning. So I think it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, and it's interesting because this year I went to the, uh, in fact, I met the commissioner of hockey and I went to the uh, Coyotes uh, season opener. Um, and actually, I got to thank my boy AZ Jones because it was a hookup. I had sweet tickets and all that. I had the press uh, sweet tickets and ate pretty well and out on the deck and fine wines and all that stuff. So it was a great experience. Um, and just in general, this season, every time I would try, well, I didn't really make the sincere effort like I should have. But the Blackhawks, when they came to Arizona, it sold out. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many Chicago fans out there. But one one thing that I wanted to add, though, you know, you know me, my, my first love is basketball. Uh, and I, I love all sports. But I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, my favorite sport to watch is hockey. It is the most intense 60 minutes you could ever watch. You know, it, it's more intense than the, than the greatest football game because it's nonstop. You know, it's it's flying hard, especially this series between uh, the Blackhawks and, and, and the Lightning. You had two almost mirror image teams. They, they, they skate fast, got highly skilled guys, depth, good goaltending. You know, it was a great series to watch. So um, I believe the popularity of the sport is going to grow more and more and more amongst the African-American population because of the excitement. Uh, that is generated with a hockey game and actually watching it. You know, it's, 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 it's so different from any other game where, you know, basketball, you know, they're walking and up the court, they're running plays. But with hockey, you're constantly on the edge of your seat. You know, so that's, you know, that's why I love it. You know, and, I, and I'm a newbie to it, really. You know, I really started, you know, really following them probably 08, 09. And then, of course, they won in 2010 and, and, you know, went on to win two two more after that. So, yeah, and, uh, I love it. And speaking of that, like tonight I'm going to uh, go to the Diamondbacks game, my first Diamondback game. So I'm really excited. But we're going to take a quick break because uh, your little one is taking over. And so we'll be back. Yes, School to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. 
What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to jdharris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Houston, we have some problems, some stuff I got to discuss with y'all. Go ahead. Kevin, you there? Houston, we Hello? have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. And the problem I have, I'll be honest with you, um, is everyone out there that's dealing with this whole NC, uh, with this Rachel lady, it is what it is. I'm not in agreement with it, but hey, let's move on. It's bigger and deeper issues going on in the world. Let her be twisted in her head. (laughs) and move on. I mean, this is almost kind of like the Bruce Jenner thing. So that's my Houston, we have a problem. (laughs) We're just too consumed. It's like we're just getting so much information that we're just falling, just kind of losing sight of the real things that's going on in the world. So that's my Houston, we have a problem. So on another note, Reese, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here, man. Yeah. So, uh, our Houston, we have a problem. For those of you who don't know, we typically bring in something that's just agitating us or it's bad. I think last week I did the Walmart ladies. So, there's always something going on. And the other Houston, we have a problem I have is with the Seattle Seahawks. Would y'all give my boy Russell Wilson his money? Give him his money. He's gotten you to two Super Bowls. He is the true face of your franchise, although Marshawn is doing his thing, but you know, running backs are short-lived and y'all got to pay the man. Pay him market value. I agree. I I, I totally agree. What did I see scrolling across the screen that they're going to take out an insurance policy on him or whatever so that if he gets hurt playing, he'll be, you know, set for the rest of his life or something like that. I mean, that's nonsense to me, man. Like you said, this dude took these these guys, you know, to uh, two straight Super Bowls. I mean, if there was any other quarterback in the league, 
they'd have their money. And the thing is, you know, Russell Wilson is a great dude. He, he's a he's a he's a he's a man of God. He 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 loves you know he's a he's all about team first. So he's not gonna you know raise Cain and make a big stink about it. But I'm telling you, you know, if I'm him, hey, I don't know. I don't know if I could uh, sit back and 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 not say anything. But, but, you know, but, he has Sierra on his arm going to the White House parties and stuff, so he's chilling. And that's what I was going to say, too, uh, about Sierra. But on the other flip side of it, what have we learned from Donovan McNabb? I mean, Donovan was always the team guy. And um, Donovan took a lot of crap, stuff that people still don't know about. And... Because he took that crap, at, basically, it was backlash and fallout from a lot of different people. From whether I mean, even Rush Limbaugh has something to say uh, to, you know, just his locker room was divided. And, I mean, Russell has done everything and beyond, let's just be honest, what a white quarterback has done. I mean, he's do- doing what Peyton does and more. Um the guy is, yeah, I, I totally agree. And as a starter, as since he started going in his rookie year, he's done better. I mean, he's one of the lowest paid quarterbacks. That's a starting quarterback, and he's been a pillar of security and consistency. It's just you hear about you know how Andrew Luck is going to get paid and all this. Why can't Russell Wilson get paid? Yeah. Yep, I, I'm, I'm going to plead the fifth on this. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not. I, I just feel like, again, this is something you have to be willing to talk about. Uh, but Russell Wilson, solid Q, QBR, doesn't turn yeah. over the ball, actually adds another dimension. And let's let's be honest. You know, last year, even getting to where they are, they you lose Percy Harvin, you know, yeah. even though he wasn't really there. So he's you lost Golden Tate, which still Golden Tate was always a number two, but basically there he was a number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, can my man get some respect? Give that man his money. Give, give him his money. I mean. Or let him go on the free agency so he can come to Chicago. Chicago will mess that up. <laughs> well, John Fox wouldn't. John Fox actually wouldn't. Um, but I would actually wouldn't be surprised if Russell played a leverage game and say, you know what, I'll go to baseball. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 I'll go to baseball. I still have a, a contract with the Rangers. You know, I've already got a Super Bowl title. Mm-hmm. I've already, you know, I'm a professional. I'm already getting, got endorsements, stuff like that. Who I mean, you don't. I think he's a guy that would be able to translate back into baseball, which very few people can. And baseball needs a Russell Wilson. Yeah, not only that, but you know, let's say if he did, you know, leave Seattle, he could probably work out work it out with another team where they'd allow him to play both sports. Because Seattle is pretty much like, no, you're going to be here. I don't. Only person I could see getting doing that for him 
would be Rex Ryan in Buffalo. <laughs> I mean, because he's a renegade. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I couldn't see. I know here it wouldn't happen. Uh, Minnesota's got their deal. It's not going to happen with Sean Payton, even though now the NFL offseason is totally different. And it's not like with Bo. It's totally different when you're a quarterback versus a running back. I mean, so me personally, and I'm telling you, I'm all for two-sport athletes, but my quarterback will not be out there playing baseball. (laughs) I mean, even though he's active, you know, what? do you know what position in baseball he played? I think he plays third. So, Third or second. Yeah, so he has to have a strong arm, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, now, if he was my son, I'd say, Russ, you got a Super Bowl. I mean, which one do you love? And So you're saying the business side of you would never agree to that type of deal? Uh, the business side? So the business side, no, uh, not for my quarterback. Yeah. Uh, even though, I mean, I, I'm glad to see him active and competitive. And the NFL offseason has changed. But when it's time for OTAs and stuff like that, you know, I want to I see the extension of me out there. And that's, you know, having been a quarterback coach, having been an offensive coordinator, having been a head coach. My quarterback, to me, is, you know, he doesn't have to be like me. He's an extension of me. And, and in his own personality. So, no, I could never acquiesce to my quarterback being gone. I understand that. I, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. No, but for the, if the father in me would say, son, you've won a Super Bowl. You've been to two of them. If you walk away now, stories and legends are made of this. Go ahead and play baseball. You're going to get more money. For a longer period of time, guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably what I would tell my kid. You know, definitely, you know, you have, you have, you've reached the pinnacle in this sport. You know, you love this sport. This sport is actually your first sport, you know. And so, uh, you're healthy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't have to worry about taking hits, uh, you know, anything like that. And you can play third until you're about... 40, so. And put it like this. Dan Marino would love, Jim Kelly is a lot of guys that are greats that would love to have what you have and love to gone where you've gone. Take your money, sit there, have Sierra sing, go, be on a roll with you, and do your thing, boy. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, Reese, man, I'm glad that you came on again. Uh, I can't wait to uh, for us to connect, and I tell your mama I'm ready for that potato salad. It ain't Man, a game. She'll have, she'll have it ready. She'll have it ready. We'll be there. Uh, we'll be up there on the first or second or something like that. But yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you, man, and uh, seeing everybody else up there. I, I don't think I've been up there in about two years. Yep. Uh, so looking forward to it. Well, man, thanks for coming on, and uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we're checking out in Man Cave and Maurice pick up your socks, your shoes, all that. You don't let the girls take over your Man Cave. So, man, I'm about to chase them down right now. <laughs> all right, brother. Well, peace out, everyone. Peace.
All right, we're just about out of here, but make sure you come on back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. East, 3 p.m. West for another edition of The Man Cave with J.D. Harris and Ray Austin on the Voice America Sports Channel. See you soon. Follow the Voice 